Welcome to Muscle Talk, where you'll get world champion advice about nutrition and stacking on muscle. Our host, Christine Enville, she's a three-time world champion bodybuilder, an IFBB professional, a food scientist, and a founding co-owner of our podcast sponsor, International Protein. In this episode, we discuss magnesium and its importance in bodybuilding. We explore the different types of magnesium and what role it plays both in muscle, stress, and digestion. All right, Christine, talk to us about magnesium and bodybuilding. Okay, magnesium and bodybuilding is, I guess it's something that is relatively well known. A lot of people now talk about, you know, taking their magnesium supplements, but it's not really in that top 10 of, oh, okay, I'm going to go have my protein. I'm going to have my pre-workout. I'm going to have my magnesium. It's actually something that crept into sports supplements more through endurance athletes where it's the third electrolyte. So people talk about sodium and potassium and then um, magnesium. We started to see obviously in, you know, people who do triathlon see it in the type of products that they would be using with bodybuilding it's something that you, if you're not aware of it, you're going to probably injure yourself and then go, oh, damn, I need to take magnesium. So back in the day, the people that I know who got uh, or who had problems were the people who had they kept getting like little micro tears, kept getting little like rips and injuries, and they couldn't figure out why this was happening. Like they were felt like they were in an off season, so but you know there shouldn't be an issue. It was you know they would go to go heavy and like just not not rip the whole muscle, but just kind of get like these little tears in their muscle. And it turned out they were diagnosed with having a magnesium deficiency. So magnesium, you know, p- plays a role in how the muscle contracts and relaxes. Well, actually, magnesium plays a role in a, over three hundred different processes within the body, but how it relates specific to the, specifically to bodybuilding is a lot more to do with how the muscle contracts and relaxes. So, I've got piles and piles of notes here because I, I want to cover off and, and make sure that I'm not missing too much. So. Some of the things that it plays a really critical role with controlling stress hormones. So stress hormones are related to weight gain and weight loss. So obviously in bodybuilding, you want to make sure that you're able to cut up properly for a competition. So therefore you want to have that side of it under control. And I read every 100 milligrams of of magnesium that you have, I guess, over what the RDI is. And I guess there's obviously a top limit as well, but it's actually associated with a reduced risk of getting diabetes. Now that's not really bodybuilding related, Mm -hmm. but it just kind of talks about that, you know, that stress hormone and, and one of the major things that it plays. It also has a lot to do with serotonin production, mood lifting, relaxation of the nervous system, reducing of blood pressure and the proper relaxation of the digestive tract. So that's another thing where with bodybuilding, eating the amount of food that people need to eat. They need to have the digestive tract working properly and that's where, that's where again, magnesium plays a role. So it, it has a lot of, um, I guess, not direct, like it's not going to make you lift heavier, it's not going to make you be stronger, it's not something like a creatine or it's not something that's going to give you more energy like a caffeine. Is it better for, for recovery though? It's better for recovery because of the way that it allows the muscle to I guess, come down after you've worked it. Like yep. when, when you're working a muscle, like you're forcing it to really contract hard and, you know, potentially, you know, you've got that cramping and not firing properly. So if you don't have proper magnesium, that's not going to happen properly. So that relaxation and be able to, you know, prepare and repair. Um, so it's not involved directly in the, the actual, you know, growth of the muscle tissue, but it's involved in the correct functioning of the muscle tissue. So it's definitely going to help with that side of and, things. And of course, if, if you're relaxed, well, I can't speak today for some reason, I'm <laughs> messing up my words, but if you're relaxed and um, 
and those sorts of things that can help with sleep, which is obviously correct. Yeah. Well, magnesium is probably really well known for that. Like, I, and again, this is something that I probably my mum's more on top of it than what I am. But you know, apparently every old person takes magnesium. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. Because it helps them sleep. Like it, it it's gets them into a more relaxed state for I sleep. I take it every night. Take it every night. Well, you know what? It's actually better to take it in divided doses throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. Magnesium is one of those things where I'm not sure if everyone's aware of this, but it's also really common in laxatives. Mm -hmm. So if people have heard of like milk of magnesia, which is a a particular type of magnesium, and that's the one, Epsom salts or um, milk of magnesia is the ones where you, yeah, you take it and it basically gives you diarrhea to, um, to clear any blockages, but that's basically because it's acting on the muscle because your bowel is obviously a muscle and it's causing it to relax. So that's, I guess, an extreme case and that's where, um, you know, that's obviously where if you're taking too much of it, you can have that problem. And when I say too much, we're talking like five grams a day. Just to put that in context, magnesium, the RDI is set at the moment around like 300 milligrams, um, three to 330, depending on whether what age you are and what sex you are. But the research that's coming out is that you really need to have more like about 450 or 500 milligrams for optimal performance. It's one of those things where taking more isn't going to give you, like I say, a boost in your performance, but having less is certainly going to have a a negative impact on your performance. So when it comes to bodybuilding, you don't need to dose up, load up, you know, have three grams a day, like what you do with your creatine. You just need to make sure that you're getting, you know, at least you, you know, four or 500 milligrams. But in some studies I've seen, uh, you know, they're putting people on around about eight milligrams per kilo so, and this is again where RDIs, I just hate them so much because, you know, a 50 kilo person, a hundred kilo person, 120, 130 kilo bodybuilder, you know, eight times a hundred times a hundred kilos is already 800 milligrams as opposed to the RDI of, you know, less than 400. It's just not cutting the mustard. So essentially for a bodybuilder, they really should work off of body weight uh, because obviously the more muscle mass that you have, the more that you need to have the magnesium act on because of where it's actually functioning. I've just got a a few little facts that I want to read out about magnesium here. So it's the fourth most abundant mineral in the body. So obviously magnesium is a mineral in case people didn't get that and also an electrolyte form of mineral. And it's the second most abundant mineral in in cells behind potassium. So when it comes to your muscle cell, like potassium likes to live inside of the cell, I shouldn't say live, it's not alive, but likes to be, and sodium sits on the outside and then magnesium also sits on the inside of the muscle cell. So having the correct balance and the correct amount is obviously you know paramount to how that muscle actually works. Along with that, there is about 60 grams found out within the entire body. That's what your body pool of magnesium is. But a quarter of it is actually found in the muscle tissue and about 60% is found in bones. So that's, again, I guess, putting into context of, um, you know, where where it is and, you know, how it's important and that, you know, to have a quarter of it being inside of the muscle and, again, the more muscle you have, I would say that that proportion is going to change. So remember that a lot of the time, you know, the research that you see isn't done on hypermuscular bodybuilders. It is done on, you know, a, a general selection of the population. So... That's um that's just some background around magnesium. As I said, it does play a role in you know, more than three hundred different enzymatic reactions, including the synthesis of fat, protein, nucleic acid, which is basically our you know our DNA, neurological activity, muscular contraction and relaxation, cardiac activity, and bone metabolism. So 
pretty much every aspect of our of, of our biology and of, as a bodybuilder you know obviously the the muscle part of that is is one of the key things but also i guess you know the neurological side of it is very very critical to a bodybuilder but it's so, so how have you used magnesium in your career Okay, I have supplemented with magnesium. I've actually, I, as I was looking through this, I, I found out that I'm supposed to be really dividing my doses, but I was actually taking uh, my magnesium generally after a workout. And my theory around that is that obviously my muscles being kind of worked and stressed and and put into that situation where it's it's hyper excited and I need it to relax. Um, it has it doesn't make me sleep because I've I actually have it you know after my um, my cardio workout now, but I've actually just started having it like twice a day to split that dosage up to make sure that I'm getting at least that 400 milligrams as a supplement. I will talk about the food side of it as well. Yeah, I've, I've used that for probably, gosh, um, a long time, as a long time, pretty much since my friend got diagnosed with being magnesium deficient and getting all these muscle tears was kind of when it, it sunk home to me that it was really, really important because, you know, when we were going that through that kind of training, um, you, you'd, you'd look for every single thing which is going to protect you uh, and, and stop you from getting some kind of an injury. So when I saw people around me coming down with, you know, those type of little injuries, they weren't bad enough to really upset your training, but they were bad enough to kind of just put you back a little bit. They didn't put you out, but they put you back and also give you that little bit of a fear of really pushing to your utmost. Um, so that's, yeah, so I've been supplementing it. I actually use a product... You know, I, we don't do it in IP in the international protein because it's not a food. It like literally is a you know a supplement which comes under TGA in Australia. But I use the Cabo Health product, which has a blend of different magnesiums, um, which are quite soluble. It also has some taurine and zinc, which they believe the taurine with that particular formulation. I'm not 100 percent certain if it's going to help with what I want it to do because taurine's got so many different properties around. You know, also like you, I guess your neurological function. So I guess that kind of putting it together as a you know, working on that, the neurological side of it, as well as the, um, you know, the magnesium side. So I'm figuring that's why they put it in there. There could be, you know, multiple different things that you could put in together with it, including calcium, because you want to have a certain balance of calcium and magnesium. You don't want to have too much calcium, but if you don't have some calcium with your magnesium, you're not going to get the best benefit out of it. But we eat so much whey protein that we're already getting a lot of calcium. So you kind of don't want to go too far because you want to bind up and block the magnesium from being absorbed. So like everything in the body, there's kind of a balance. So you've got to be careful that you're not overdoing it. And I think I read that something like 500 milligrams of calcium for your, you know, 300 milligrams of magnesium is kind of a good ratio. So don't go crazy again and hyperdose your calcium because you're going to basically block your magnesium from being absorbed. So that's how I've taken it over the years. Um, just one of the other things, obviously, with magnesium is it's it's very important for the resynthesis of ATP. Obviously, when we're training, you know, we're, we're using ATP and to replenish that um, magnesium is involved in that particular process. So it's probably even more critical in, in, in you know, cardio-based things, high repetition type um, activities as well. But obviously, in weight training, you're using ATP. So Whilst, whilst there's no studies saying that it actually, you know, increases endurance, say how creatine does or anything like that, it does have a role in that particular um, in that particular area. So that is um, that's part of that. Now deficiencies, it's actually a pretty bad thing when you look at all the things that magnesium can affect, and it is things like your carbohydrate metabolism and your insulin. And the risk of diabetes, which I alluded to at the start when I said how, you know, the research is showing that if just that 100 milligrams of extra magnesium 
had a um, protective effect around people getting insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. So it has a lot to do with obviously, yeah, the cardio function, you know, carbohydrate metabolism and deficiency in magnesium has been related to people struggling to lose weight. And again, that's because we talked about the cortisol. Um, We're talking about carbohydrate metabolism. So magnesium is just so complex and so involved with so many different processes within the body that it's hard to kind of just pin down that one thing. So as I said, it's, it's to do with it. So for you, is it a must take supplement? Yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. As I said, I've taken it for probably going on close to 20 years now. And you take a blend of magnesiums, any and specifically that are really important? Well, that's what I was just saying. I, I, ones which are soluble. So there are forms like an oxide, which is basically um, like if you think of like calcium carbonate and how everyone kind of sees that as being chalk and very hard to absorb. So that magnesium oxide is like the magnesium version of that. So it's not very soluble, not really ideally what you want to take. So a lot of the ones which are bound with the, you know, like magnesium citrates, really common lactate, all the ones which are bound commonly with an acid are a lot more absorbable. But then the issue is that, you know, if you're taking a lot of it, you can tend to have that laxative effect with those. So there is one which you tell me you get, Ash, which is the, the 3 and 8 form, which yep. isn't commonly available in Australia. You would have to get that from an overseas website. That one, according to some people who are, I guess, heavily into sports nutrition, that is like the be-all and end-all of um, of magnesiums. That one also plays a role with you know, brain depression, making you have a better mood. So it's... Which is important when I'm working with you, right? Ash, I am the ray of sunshine. You shouldn't even need that type of a supplement working with me. <laughs> but if you must, if you must have that, then, yeah, that's the one to have. That They, they say, I haven't personally tried it myself, um, but that just segues into another thing which magnesium is being shown to have like a link to um, people with depression mm-hmm. and those kind of, you know, issues around I guess, you know, the brain chemical imbalance that magnesium deficiency is is showing up kind of commonly. They're not, there's still a lot of research to be done. Uh, but as I said at the start too, it has a lot to do with mood and neurological transmission. So that particular type is, you know, is, is used or is being used and starting to be studied in, um, in that role. Um, I'll just see if I have the actual thing. I can't, can't find where I wrote it, but yeah, it's definitely to do with, you know, lifting up your mood and, and, you know, getting away from depression. So I don't know, Ash, have you found if it's helped or is it just my presence that? No, I need every little bit of help possible and it's got (laughs) nothing to do with you. It's all me. So yeah, so that's. So I, so I take that one. I also take, um, the muscle relaxant. Um, I can't remember the exact name of the magnesium, but I did some research on it a wee while ago and also the one for the nervous system. So I take a little cocktail, um, um, but I have the three and eight during the day as opposed to the more relaxing ones in the evenings. Yeah, and that and that's the thing, like, you know, it is, as I said, it's, so, it's sold actually as a sleep formulation or is the basis of a lot of sleep formulations that are sold potentially with um, some herbals to to get you to relax. But as I, I like the reason I use the one that I use because back in the day when you know, supplements weren't, I guess, as prolific as what they are now, it was probably one of the best, purest, less fillers, um, the Kabo brand had, um, you know, it, it was quite potent and it's also available in a powder because I hate taking so many capsules mm. and to get, you know, you have to take a substantial amount of powder because obviously all of these things are um, not obviously pure magnesium. So, you know, to get 400 milligrams, you end up taking like a five gram dosage. Uh, granted, a, a gram of that is taurine, but um, 
you know, it's, it's not a small amount. So imagine if you're taking that as a capsule, that's a hell of a lot of capsules to take. So that was one of the few brands that had a powder back in the day. And obviously I'm brand loyal and stuck with it all of these years. Um, but I'll definitely check out the three and eight. Um, there's also things like, you know, your orotate. So it's going to help a lot with the cardio, um, you know, preferentially the cardio functioning. Um, but majority of them are, the main thing is you're looking for something which is relatively soluble, which is, you know, your lactate, citrates, amino acids, chelates. So it's, you know, read the label. If it says oxide, probably stay away from it. If it says three and eight, you know, try it out. Apparently it is more expensive. Is it? Yeah, but yeah. I mean. Yeah, w- worth the money. And then as they say, everything else is pretty much a much of a muchness in terms of, you know, getting that. But let's talk about food and a little bit of the history or where you find it because ideally it would be nice to actually be able to eat this out of our diets rather than having to take a supplement because that's probably, you know, the way that nature intended and it's probably the better way to take it. So some of the things that um, are coming out around this are that the like what people are getting out of their diets has dropped significantly over the last you know twenty or fifty years because the quality of the land or the soil that the plants are being grown in isn't as good as what it was and obviously much like us we get our nutrients from what we ingest plants obviously get their nutrients from what their roots are in which is you know basically how they you know, gather their nutrients. So with soil quality declining, the levels in the natural, you know, food chain are dropping. So people eating the same foods are not getting as much. But then on the flip side of that, people, there's, you know, you think about from the 50s how much processed foods come into the food chain and, you know, having whole grains and those type of products which actually carry magnesium in in that part of the grain, um, that's all getting stripped away because people want to eat, you know, nice white bread and, you know, they don't want rough bits and pieces. They want smooth and they want, you know, just generally, you know, products which are kind of devoid of a lot of the nutrition, you know, cakes and pastries, pizza dough, burger buns, all that type of stuff is all, you know, going to be missing all of that. So some of the top sources of magnesium or the top source is pumpkin seeds. So funnily enough, I started including those in my diet as part of my good mood food. So Ash, I need to put you onto that actually. I don't need any special forms of magnesium. I just need the, the good, like the, good the, mood the, food. Yeah, the top nine good mood foods. Um, but pumpkin seeds and, and that actually for the magnesium was one of the, the foods that came up mm-hmm. and it has about 90 milligrams per 100 grams so I know the problem with that is that like you know how many pumpkin seeds are you going to eat so whilst it's a good source and a very concentrated source the amount of that food that you're going to eat is probably not that significant um the good news is though that nuts are also a really great source so again people who are eating more whole food diets and incorporating nuts as a a good fat source they also are carrying a, a fairly you know high amount of magnesium so things like almonds brazil nuts peanuts walnuts are all pretty good Sesame seeds really good, whole grain brown rice, whole wholemeal bread. So again, it's all your whole grains, which haven't had all of their um, the brand stripped away and all their goodness stripped away. They're a good source of um, magnesium, and then moving down things like broccoli or broccoli and kale beans are also really good sources. So I guess people following more whole food and vegan type diets are, are probably getting a good amount of it, but it's easy to see why there is such a deficiency has cracked into, you know, basically any walk of life because, again, you know, bodybuilders do tend to eat a lot of white rice, oats isn't on this list of being a top source of um, magnesium. I'm sure there is some in there, but it's not, you know, ranking really super, super high. So therefore... It, you know, you're really good chance that if you're training hard and you're a bigger person and you have a greater demand for it, that you will need to supplement. 
as I said, unless you're taking up around, you know, 5,000 milligrams a day where you might experience some some issues, you're not going to be at a detriment for taking, you know, giving yourself that four or 500 milligrams a day um, from a supplement form. But as I said, better to take that in broken up dosages, at least morning and night, you know, after training, you know, before you go to bed, as you said, you've taken it with another other ingredients before you sleep. And obviously for bodybuilding, you know, sleep's so important. So it has a, a role in all of those different, those different areas. What else did I want to say about it? Yeah. Again, just on the nutrition side of it, people who take a, who consume a lot of sugar and sugary products, it actually strips it out of your body. If you drink alcohol regularly, same deal. If you're eating a low calorie or calorie restricted and high protein, low carbohydrate diet, also at risk of major magnesium deficiency. So there's some things which are common practices within the nutrition industry or the fitness industry of, you know, super high protein, avoiding carbs at all costs. There's not a lot of room for that magnesium to come in. So those people should be also looking at um, supplementing. With- so does that mean like anybody on the keto diet, for example, yeah. should be should be looking definitely onto magnesium. Yeah, I mean, if they're using uh, a lot of seeds and nuts, even though those for keto aren't really that cool because they have the carbs in with them. Um, so it depends how severe they are on that type of diet. Like if they're like full on, you know, really super low carb keto, then definitely. But if they're on a diet where they're you know they're able to get their fats from things like nuts and seeds, then they're probably actually doing pretty okay. Um, so it depends on I guess what type of um, one they're following there. So. You know, I used to think glutamine was my absolute must-have, but then I realised that, yeah, I have been taking magnesium um, for all that period of time and I haven't had a lot of issue with cramping. Um, I don't get little micro tears. Like if I'm going to tear something, I'm going to tear it properly. You know, it's obviously working, you know, really, really well there. Um, I wouldn't live without it. just wouldn't. Yeah, but as I said, it's not one of those things that, you know, people I guess really talk about. Well, they do when they're older because, as I said, my mum's kind of like on all about their they're on all about their magnesium. But I think I've covered off most of what I wanted to about magnesium. All you know, the main thing is, as I said, they, you know, they don't think that taking extra is going to give you an extra benefit as much as you're really going to notice it more if you're ha- if you're in a deficiency. So it's so that and that's I guess the true way that most vitamins and minerals work or originally worked. It's not so much, and that's obviously still debated on whether or not having a, a hyper dose or having a higher dose will actually have a benefit as much as without it, you have some definite things which are going to be a problem, you know, different, definite, um, you know, performance issues or, you know, health issues by having not enough of it. I really love how detailed you get on this, some of these subjects that I throw at you. So thank you very much. I'm sure that was very valuable for everybody. Words of Wisdom. If you like what you've heard, leave us a review and recognise that these bodybuilding tips from International Protein, they're free. So show your support by becoming a loyal International Protein customer, the best supplements money can buy. So jump online, hunt down our product and hit that buy now button.